Clint, and you're listening to the Erratic Control Podcast. Uh, first of all, apologies for the quality of audio. We're currently in the middle of doing the two-year bill of your station show, and all the sound gear I have is wrapped up in that, so I'm having to record this on the microphone on my laptop. So I'll keep these bits brief and spare you the terrible audio quality. This week's podcast is an interview with Parks, uh, with Ellie and Joe from Parks. Unfortunately, Billy from Parks couldn't make it, but we had a great conversation in Ellie and Joe's home in Newport. And yeah, just like a really good chat about their music, how they did all that stuff. Well, you know what the podcast is by now, surely. So yeah, unfortunately, we didn't get the chance to do a session with them uh, just you know, time constraints and the fact that there's three of them rather than just one. So yeah, and this is also the the first podcast I've done with more than one person. So yeah, I hope you enjoy this podcast and Ellie and Joe from Parks. Yeah, I think, so I, I said earlier that um, I think you guys are winning as kind of the hosts. It makes for, me uh, feel good. Yeah, because yeah. um, I've done it. I've had a couple where I've been to people's places and they've given me tea and stuff, but yeah. to actually get fed is pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, what can yeah. I say? yeah. You say I'm a feeder, don't you? Yeah, you are. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't, I've heard that about quite a few people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, no, it's, it's good. It's like, at least you, yeah, it's kind of, at least you're not eating people's food. Like, That's true, yeah. yeah I'm I think not I'm, just... I'm definitely more of an eater. Yeah. <laughs> it's, probably not, it's probably not a great trait. Thankfully, you've given me some of your time after coming straight from work in Cardiff, which is, I appreciate. No, it's fine, yeah. Well, I wasn't supposed to be working. And then, yeah, it, they put me in on Friday and they were like, you can work, can't you? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I can. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's fine. It's absolutely cool. fine. And Joe, what have you been doing today? <sighs> Skateboarding, nothing really, man. <laughs> wisdom to coming through, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, he's been oh, in a bit of pain all fun. day. Oh, God. Yeah, it's not good. Like, start by talking about how I first heard of you guys. I literally first heard of you by walking into four bars at Hub Festival last year. <laughs> and that, like, I think... I can't remember whether I saw you in the programme and it seemed vaguely like something I'd be interested mm. in, but I saw from, like, the entire set in, in the Hub and I was like, this is exactly what this kind of festival's about. It's mm. like seeing a band you've never seen before and I thought you guys were amazing. And Thank so you. I was... And then we were doing Ox Jam that that November yeah. November, October, November um, and I was like I booked you immediately for that because yeah. I thought that would be great unfortunately I didn't get to see you in Oxjam it's fine yeah it's just like <laughs> when you're organising something like that it's kind of like you do end up not seeing the bands you want to see so, <laughs> where was that again? I can't remember where Oxjam was uh, I think you were in the moon yes we yeah. were yeah oh, we were I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah I remember I remember now hmm. Yeah, so and it was, there was another guy called Jack Ellis playing that. And yes. I, I, was, I was literally, he was about to start his first song and I had to run off to another venue. It's like, <laughs> great. But, um, and I, I booked you again now for Hub Festival this mm-hmm. summer, which is I'm really excited about. I just announced that today. Um, and hopefully, I'll be able to get, no, I will, I will. I'll, yes. be, I'll <laughs> sit in that venue until the end, hopefully, cross fingers, unless the other band that I work with, a band that I work with is playing, but we'll, we'll see, we'll see. But I kind of start off the podcast by talking about um, kind of like the first thing. I think the other thing to mention is first is that um, this is the first time I've ever interviewed more than one person. Ooh. So that's a kind of first as well. Mate, I'm so, not really going to say anything. So. That's fine. I, mean, <laughs> but it's, I, I think having input of both of you is, is interesting because obviously, Ellie, you sing and you mm-hmm. create the kind of beats and stuff. Yeah. Um, 
but we can get into that later. Um, kind of the first question that I ask is, uh, what's your mu- first musical memory? What's the first thing you remember to do with music? Mine's really embarrassing. It's fine. Um, let's try and think of a minute. What, what, what do you mean, like... Well, okay, for example, mine's, mine's r- relatively embarrassing. My first musical memory is Michael Jackson's Brit Awards. That's not embarrassing. That's, well, okay. that's a good one, I guess, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. No, but there's been there's been some pretty good ones, but um, there's oh, been. <laughs> I've got like two that I th- but I don't know which one came first. They're both quite embarrassing. But tell us, tell us both. <laughs> so the one that immediately popped in my head was um, being really, really proud of myself when I um, figured out that I knew all the words to "Learn to Fly" by Foo Fighters. <laughs> <laughs> that's not embarrassing. <laughs> That's amazing. My dad used to play it in the car all the time. And I remember being in the car and I remember being like, Dad, I just, I sung all the words. Like, I know all the words. And he was just like, yeah. <laughs> but I was like really chuffed at myself. And the other one was um, getting a Pop Princess CD for like Christmas. And like, yeah, just playing that all the time. That's my other one, which is probably a bit more embarrassing. But mm-hmm. actually, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not ashamed of that. I really can't think. Like, for CD or... Well, that's the next question is like, what was the first record you, you had or bought? My, so. Mine was either All Saints on cassette or The Fresh Prince. I think it was like Greatest Hits or something. Fresh Prince Greatest Hits? Yeah. That's so that good. Is cool. <laughs> on cassette what, as well. What All Saints? Um, it was, I think it was the single for Never Ever, I think. Oh, right. Banging song. That yeah, is banging he, he song. He loves that song. So like, I, was, I was watching these, uh, it's this thing called Loudwire Lists. It's this magazine. It's like, got top 10 lists on the mm. on the uh, YouTube and one of them was worst covers and that and that um under the bridge by all saints oh. was one of them. I was like that's a brilliant cover yeah, what are you on about yeah <laughs> that is good that's a really good one I know I was like really angry with this list because they were like saying all these co- just because they were done by like there was another one that was like Miley Cyrus covering Smells Like Teen Spirit. She's really doing it well. I really so like Miley Cyrus. It wasn't a bad cover. Yeah. It was just because they didn't like the person. It's like, that doesn't count. I, doesn't I feel count. like people always get a bit funny when um, <clears throat> females cover like rock songs and stuff. Like uh, like a lot of... I remember um, there was some beef when... I think it was when Gabrielle Aplin did... Um, she did a cover of a Nirvana song and like loads of people were saying like, why is she doing that? She's not allowed to do that. Because... Because like, she was a girl basically. That's- that's crap. Yeah, it? it's really silly. You would have hated the other, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would have, yeah. You would, well, hated that people were giving it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I get a bit touchy about covers when they're sensitive. I got really angry when uh, the X Factor did, ha- did Hallelujah yeah, quite a while ago. Yeah. I was really upset by that. And then more recently, Leona Lewis did Hurt by Nine Inch Nails. Really? Uh, I didn't like, even know that. Johnny, yeah, through, yeah. through Johnny Cash. Yeah, yeah. And so I was I like, that was know. awful for me because like I re- like Lionel Schnell's my favorite band. It's like, how can you, as Leon Lewis, yeah. who has had no probably no tragedy in your life, do a song about that? It's, like, it's, it's strange, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like reappropriating songs. Mm. I mean, I've, I think I talked about I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast, but there's um, an XX song called Shelter that Birdie covered, mm. and that's also inappropriate because it's like she did it when she was sixteen. And it's a song about. I felt like that when she did Skinny Love as well, though. Like I was kind of like. Because I feel like it is a very covered song, but I was also like, I don't know, it is just it didn't sit right with me. Yeah. I was kind of like, but I mean, yeah. I, don't... I mean, some covers work Yeah, exactly, I mean, yeah. Some, but to say that a certain artist shouldn't cover a song because That's it, yeah. they're a pop artist is just, is crap. Yeah, like she did, like Birdie did it really, she did a really nice cover of it, but it just made me yeah. feel a little bit like, oh, I don't yeah. know about that. Yeah. I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. 
I think in Newport, you guys did a cover, did you? No, we've never no? done. No, we've never done. We were going to try to do a Talking Heads cover before. But yeah. Wow. What, yeah. Of what song? We're, this must be the place. Yeah, oh, Naive be, Melody. Yeah. yeah. That's a that's a that's a very difficult song to cover. Yeah, we expect. tried it like when we yeah, were jamming it. It was really fun though, wasn't it? Like we we had a lot of fun like trying to do it. But then when we were actually like, okay, how do we put this mm. into like our set and stuff? It did get a bit complicated, and then we were like, oh, just leave yeah. that for a bit. I think it's it's very difficult um, to do songs like that, mm. and it's you know the easy route is to kind of pick a song that's just quite simple. And yeah, cover it. but it's like when it when you see it. Um, I was just thinking, I was um, listening to Radiohead's The Glastonbury Set, and I remember a couple of years ago, there was an event in Cardiff where a load of bands did Radiohead covers. Mm. And, like, people do, like, Creep or, like, yeah, yeah. things, like, really obvious. But one of the bands uh, who aren't uh, around anymore called Fjords did a cover of Weird Fishes. Oh. And it was amazing. It was yeah. fantastic. And I was, like, really impressed by it. And I, yeah. love, I love when bands kind of, like, really stick their neck out and try yeah. and do something like that. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I think we kind of wanted to try that, didn't we? And then it just... Yeah, it's just it's probably too happy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Is too that? happy. For yeah. Yes. yeah, that's the problem. You gotta make yeah. it sound moody, don't we? Somehow, I don't know how. I don't think make, you can make it sound moody. Sound... Yeah, it just <laughs> yeah, no, work. This place, this must be the place is right. Quite, I really like it because um, uh, one of my friends, Andrew, who DJs at Club Bach, always ends his set mm. with uh, with that song. It's like oh, really I'd love that. It's yeah, it's really chill, and it's like all the kind of like indie kids that have been going nuts all night. Just like, what is this? And all walk out, and we're just like, yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so that's kind of like, um, so I, I think we kind of strayed away a bit, but um, mm. so the, the kind of like first musical memories is it's important because then it kind of lays that groundwork. And I mm. think so that's kind of you, your influence is quite popular music from an early age then. Yeah, think. well, my parents were very, um, they like, so my mum and my dad love like the Smiths, the Cure, mm. Joy Division. And my dad was, like, obsessed with Manic Street Preachers when I was younger. So he used to play, like, Manic Street Preachers and um, The Smiths and The Cure and stuff a lot when I was younger. But then I was... I did love a lot of, like, um, female pop music as well. Mm -hmm. Like, I was really into that when I was growing up. And then my brother got into really, like, emo-y metal stuff. So then my first record that I ever bought with my own money was um, Enter Shikari, Take to the Skies. (laughs) Which he hated, but for some yeah. reason, like, I loved it so much. So I don't know where I got that one from. Mm-hmm. Was it because it was, like, on TV or on I don't even know. Like, I think... Actually, no, I do know. My friend, um, Lel, her brother really liked them, I think, and she showed me them. Mm-hmm. It was something like that. And then, yeah, I, I was like, oh, they're really cool. And then I went and bought the album. I used to play it in my mum's car, and she hated it. So, <laughs> yeah, sorry, mum. Yeah, it's, it's the kind of music that you either... You either really into or you, you just can't yeah. stand. Like I don't know. I don't. I feel ashamed that I don't know that much into Shikari except the the obvious one. Sorry, not a winner. Yeah, no. That album is is a really good album. You saw them in TJ's, didn't you? Yeah, I didn't see it all. Like yeah, it's cool though. Yeah, I'm not annoying them at all. So <laughs> uh, TJ's that's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Like we were talking about Newport before we started, and kind of Newport's got a very interesting history when yeah, it comes to music. It's like, definitely. Um, have you ever heard that quote that Newport's New Seattle? Yeah, I've heard yeah. that quite a few times. Yeah, and uh, it was reportedly where Kirk Cobain got. I was mentioning Kirk Cobain. 
got introduced to Courtney Love first yeah, time. Yeah, I heard that as well. Yeah, I th- was it introduced or was it proposed? I heard he proposed, but I don't, I don't know. Oh, I don't okay. know, yeah. Maybe, something it's happened. one of those myths, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, but it's definitely Everett True who did it, who's like this um, music journalist from the UK. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't remember which one it is. So those kind of two things, that uh, the influence from the parents and like, and then your own choices, kind mm. of, that's interesting. Especially when you relate it to the music you make now. Yeah. Especially like you say, Enjoy Division and mm. Cure and then Enshikari in, in a sense, because that is kind of, Enshikari is kind of mixing yeah. electronica with kind of yeah. harder stuff. What about you, Joe? What kind of music do you think you were kind of getting into when well, you were buying your own records? Uh, I don't know. My, my, I used to listen to Madness Laws, my dad. <laughs> and then my mum used to like listen to, I don't know. Forrest Gump soundtrack. Forrest Gump soundtrack, <laughs> which is amazing. It's really good. Yeah, uh, yeah man. And then um, I, all I remember when it comes to like music I liked, I'm not sure if I even liked it or if it was because it was cool to like it. And it was like, because my mate Matt, and he was like, are you sweaty or trendy? And I was like, I don't know, like 11. And I was like, what are you? And he was like, sweaty. So I was like, I'm going to be a sweaty then. And then started listening to like Slipknot stuff. But... I don't know, man. It's just angst. Shit Teen it. angst. So, where are you from in, in Wales? I'm from Newport, man. Newport. All yeah. oh, right. Okay. I haven't heard the t- term sweaty. I've heard definitely heard trendy. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, sweaty was... is like emo. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah. I get that. Because in, in Cardiff, for, for us, it was kind of like emo mosher. Mosher, yeah. And like, um, and townie and chav. Yeah. So yeah. that was kind of like the two divides. But I never, I've never heard sweaty It used before. to be sweaty, trendy, or, and there was like blad as well, which is a chav. Blad? Yeah, B-L-A-D. <laughs> Mate, like, Newport lingo is so strange. It must be, yeah. When I first moved here and you used, to, like, you used to tell me about all this, like, these names and stuff, and I was just like, what? Like, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. And Grieb. Grieb. Oh, no, I know Grieb. Yeah. I'd, never heard, Grieb. Yeah, I'd never heard it until I moved here. It's funny. It's like, and you hear all these things, and it's like... And um, I just thought it was really interesting. I wrote this article a while ago when the, like, the term hipster was getting like, oh, yeah. used a lot. And I was like, that's such a, but it's such a bad term to use. Yeah, it's, it's like, strange. It doesn't mean what you think it means. Oh, it's, 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 but it's evolution of language. Like <laughs> it's all bullshit. Isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it, is, it is the end of the day. And I think, you know, those kinds of things are dying out, especially now you kind of got so much music you can access on the internet. Mm, yeah, yeah. Like, definitely. You're not, you're not getting those divides anymore. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. So that's kind of like, I mean, you said you like kind of the pop music, but then it mm. kind of maybe it died out when you were a teenager. Or... Yeah, it definitely. I used to like because um, I thought it was really lame to like pop music. Um, so <laughs> well, I you like do, you do as a teenager. Yeah, you kind that's of reject, the thing. Like the popular stuff, and then I think when you grow up, you kind of go, oh, actually, it's it is really good. Yeah, like now I'm like I'm so open about like liking a lot of pop music and stuff but yeah I kind of yeah I went into like a really like emo phase where I listened to like brand new and day to remember like Mm -hmm. I was in love with them when I was younger yeah I remember I was always like I I always really liked acoustic sad music though because I remember my dad used to give me his um iPod when we used to go on long drives (laughs) and I was about 11 i think and i found um the damien rice album oh oh yeah and i just started listening to that and i like loved it and my dad was just like why are you listening to that like, it's like, an amazing album yeah though. but he was like you're 11 and i yeah. was like yeah i know but it's like it's like i think i heard um i know it's not exactly the same thing but um good riddance by green day when i was about that age mm. and I, like, I loved it even though it's like such a sad song yeah it's like you kind of you know it's like some something you kind of get in touch with yeah and, like, and then um yeah, so I think kind of those musical experiences are quite informative of how you kind of progress. So it's mm. it's, ob- it's obvious there's like lines of that. Yeah. And when you talk about you talked about uh, doing that Talking Heads cover, you said it wasn't sad enough. For yeah. Your set, which is interesting because I don't necessarily 
think of your music as sad because I listen to such sad music. Yeah. <laughs> like the majority of music, like I think it's really hard for me to find music in my record collection that is positive mm. sometimes. And I think people might find that very strange, but it's like, I think it's more, emo- it, you can kind of connect with something more if it's sadder. I'm definitely the same though. Like you, you hate like a lot of the, cause Joe doesn't really like listening to much sad music mm. and like you hate like a lot of the, well, you don't well, hate it's it. Not, I don't, no, it's it's just don't like, want to feel sad. Yeah, yeah. So like, feel yeah. Sad well, it. I think it affects people in different ways because um, often I feel happier after I listen to sad. Yeah, music. that's like that's how I I still I still do feel like that a lot. But when I was younger, like I started getting yeah, like I said, like Damien Rice mm. and um, Bright Eyes and Jeff Buckley and stuff. Oh. I I just like fell in love with those and then. Just when anyone says the word Jeff Buckley, I'm just like, oh. I know, I love, love Jeff I love Buckley, Jeff Buckley. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was like, I was really, really into them and I just loved how much that they could just put, I don't know, like you could just listen to their songs and you could just feel everything that they were like mm-hmm. singing about, if you know what I yeah, mean. Definitely. And you just sat there and you're like, whoa, like, it's incredible. That's kind of what I wanted to, that's what I thought I was going to, like music I was going to be mm. making for like. Yeah, because, um, yeah. you know, jumping ahead a bit, I know somehow I've, I've caught up with some other stuff that I'd done in the past and noticed that I did I was aware of you before Parks yeah so you were kind of doing solo music and I think you still do occasionally yeah occasionally so I did yeah I did a solo EP when I was um 18 yeah I kind of started doing that and then as soon as I did it I just felt like a bit disconnected from doing it if mm-hmm. you know what I mean so like as soon as it was released I was like being asked to like maybe start recording more and stuff and I just didn't really feel like I was like there like I felt like I got everything out mm-hmm. just doing that and then I kind of took a step back and then I was like I don't know what I'm gonna do now and then luckily I met Joe then and then we started yeah, yeah. so Joe um so you said you're kind of not into that kind of like negative kind of thing so what kind of music do you think uh was really like well what mu- music do you not like now compared to like when you were when you were younger with with the um sweaty stuff sweaty, <laughs> sweaty stuff yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I used to like. I used to really like bands like Rubik, Fishness, and Jig, um, and I'm not really into them now, but like I can still appreciate it musically. But it's like because that's made me play bass properly. Because mm-hmm. um, right. when you start hearing like they can actually do interesting things with the bass, and then it went to like my brother started listening to like the Beatles, and I remember like cause he's two years older than me, and I was in my room when I heard like um, oh, he's over like when I'm sixty four. Or with the help of my friends, and I was like, "What the fuck are you listening to?" Like, <laughs> and I was like, "This is shit." And then yeah. like, I don't know, old man, swing happened, and I started loving them. Then he started getting into like hip hop, and then yeah, man. So basically, most of the stuff I listen to is because of my brother. Like, he was introducing me to all this music. You listen to a lot of hip hop and stuff. Don't yeah. You? yeah. So do you think that's kind of like that's the influence you take and put into parks? So? Yeah, man. Because then it went into jazz as well. Like, and um, all right, okay. So it's like, I always try to like, it's not saying it's jazzy at all, but like, um, it helped me like to understand nicer chords and things. So Yeah, like, well, you say it's not very jazzy, but I mean, I was listening to it on the way here and like, it's not kind of a typical kind of time signature, kind of like four on the floor kind of thing mm-hmm. with, with your music. It's a bit more, it's like, I hesitate to say trip hop because it's like, it's yeah. not quite as dark as that, mm-hmm. but it's, it's still kind of, it's not kind of that constant beat kind of thing yeah yeah Yeah, with a lot of dance music and it's kind of a bit bit more floaty in kind of terms of tempo it's hard to describe but um (laughs) uh yeah so i can kind of see that influence from jazz but obviously also the hip-hop side because you've kind of got that 
and it's it's interesting to hear like hip hop beats, but quite restrained. Yeah, yeah. And I, I quite like that about it because um, I'm really into hip hop, but I'm also into really like electronic stuff like that. And it's you kind of match a couple of things that are quite interesting and I think are worthy of of hearing. I mean, you could probably be really boring and draw comparisons to, like the XX or, or mm. Lord or or these kind of like post dubstep kind of things like yeah. James Blake yeah. stuff but I think it's a bit more interesting than that and I, I which is why I liked it so much when I first heard it and especially coming out of South Wales where yeah. the electronic scene is a bit to be like not as well uh, it's a bit I've got the phrase like to be desired that's whatever it's that turn of <laughs> phrases but I mean and I'm sure the entire electronic dance community will turn around and shout at me about that but I know it exists but they tend to be very quiet. I think it is um, very much on the down low. Mm-hmm. Which is, I, I think a lot of people want to keep it that way. Yeah, which is absolutely fine. Um, but we we do struggle a lot. Like when we play gigs, we hardly ever put on a bill with a band that we have anything like in common with musically, yeah. if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Which is like, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. But it, it is it is hard because sometimes, obviously these people have paid to see like the headlining band and then they've just got three sad electronic people like, on the stage and they're like what the fuck is this oh, it's, you know it's, and like, it's, it's such strange. a shame it's like uh, like um so with this hub lineup i want to try and get as many electronic artists that i like involved because you don't get as much like coverage i think and uh when i did ox jam a couple, couple of years ago i had like basically a stage that was all electronic ish mm. artists and i think it's it's a struggle to kind of get that it's the same, I think it's also similar to hip-hop, although I think that's kind of trying to make a comeback in Cardiff. Mm. Um, but it is difficult to kind of get people to be, unless they're also into that same kind of music. Yeah. And then you kind of, and it's a very insular community in that way. Mm. Because it's it's not a mainstream thing you can engage with. Yeah. I think it's very hard to engage with electronic music unless it's incredibly overpowering and like lighting and visuals and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, this you... is this is the thing because you find that a lot of um, pop music now is electronic as well. So I think when you say you're electronic, they either automatically think that you make techno music or you're like making music that's in the charts, if you know what I mean. So they don't really think about that in-between bit where you've got like these different... Because there's so many different like subgenres like of electronic. electronic yeah, yeah, like yeah, there's so many subgenres and I think people forget that those exist. So they kind of put you into a box and then when they see you, they're kind of like, oh, which this is, is like, it's a good thing. Yeah, this is something yeah. different, yeah. And I think, yeah, it's it's difficult to kind of... I mean, I appreciate the, you know, the people putting you on, like the fact that um, people like Connor and Feel by Jealous Lovers and Soon, yeah, we did that yeah. Soon show yesterday. I really appreciate those people kind of... Yeah, we do as trying well. To, yeah, obviously, <laughs> but it's like from a, from a perspective of someone who cannot promote as well as they can because you know i don't have the financial capability of doing mm. it all the patience <laughs> all the time and i appreciate when they when they put stuff like that on um i think the electronic music scene in cardiff kind of suffers for that i mean i'm pretty sure it would be stronger in bristol or places like london because you've got a, a more expansive scene but mm. in cardiff and south wales in particular it's very niche yeah which definitely. is troubling it is it, it's something that like we, we've spoken about it before it's, it's, I feel like um, there is a very there's there's a massive scene in South Wales of like music in general, mm-hmm. but it is very um, you kind of have everything that does um, it doesn't all fall under the same umbrella, but it kind of you can put bands on with each other that might not necessarily be the same genre, but it'll still work. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel there are a couple of like electronic bands in Cardiff like like us that probably do feel the same. 
you know, where it's like you kind of end up at a gig and then you're like, ooh. Yeah, so another band, I'm not sure if you've seen them or not, is uh, it's in Cardiff, uh, Boris Abono. He lives at Billy. Yeah, he's one of our friends, yeah. Yeah, great, and like, I'm glad you know each other because there's, that's an ex- that's a case of another band that I would put on a lineup together. Mm. But it's like, that's the thing, it's like, would you put, you know, you guys, Tetrahex, Boris Bono, Hannah, these, all these people, uh, Hunter as well from Cardiff. Yeah, yeah. Like, this kind of... You know, you're not. I'm not exactly saying you're all the same thing. Like mm. you do very different things in your own ways. But like, that's a kind of a lineup you could put together. Yeah. But at the same time, how many people are going to come out to that show? That's the thing. Yeah, it's like I think I think our problem is we're one of those bands which like I feel like if if you don't know who we are, then they're not really going to check us out. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a crazy. Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 weird. But I do feel like it is kind of like that, isn't it? What? Like, if people don't haven't heard of us, they're probably not really going to check us out. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. And yeah, unless you stumble across. Yeah, and yeah. Like, I think that it is what happens a lot. Like, I remember when we played... Um, is it Dimson? That one when we played in 10 Feet Tall and all those people yeah, came. Yeah, I think it we was, yeah. Really, yeah. it was really weird. We were, like, the first on for the day. All right. Um, and we thought, like, we were going to be playing to, like, five people. It's quite a funny story, actually. Hmm. Billy um, was in London. <laughs> he was at a wedding um, the night before, and his megabus um, got stuck in traffic. And we, we had all set up, and we were, like, we had oh about, like, God. what was it, like, half an hour? It was something ridiculous. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> These people just started coming in the room and they just, more and more people started coming in and me and Joe were just like, what the fuck is going on? Billy was like texting us like, oh, I'm just outside Cardiff now. We were supposed to be on in like 10 minutes mm. and we were like, oh my God. He still managed to get have time to get a Greg's coffee. Yeah, though. he turned up. Yeah, he turned up. He had a Greg's coffee in his hand and like he played with it on stage as well. He just had this Greg's coffee next to him on stage, which I thought was, was lovely. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was hilarious that he just walked in and he was like, oh, why are all these people here? And we were like, I think they're coming to see us. And he was like, oh, God. And we were like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah, but then a lot of people afterwards were saying, they were like, I had like, no idea that you kind of made mm. this music. Or like, I'm really glad that I came and saw this because I don't think I would have, you know, thought yeah. to have. And why do you think people... Like, I'm, not, I'm not saying, <laughs> but do you know why people showed up like that? Um, I think it was because we were first on. And basically, people you just know, wanted to see what yeah, was yeah just wanted to come and have a look. But yeah, it was a. Uh, it was quite lucky though, yeah, because it got packed. Yeah, so it was li- it was literally packed. We were playing, and I remember before we played, it wasn't many, and like I don't tend to look up. Mm. And I was like, oh, yeah, shit. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was, easy, yeah, like because we were surprised at how many people were there before we played. But if you actually look at it, there was probably only about like five or six people. But we were still like surprised because mm. obviously it was just us there at that time. Yeah, and like. It's exactly the same. Like I close my eyes all the time when I sing, and I remember finishing one of the songs, and I looked around, and then I just like I was just like, oh fuck, I, was like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like it was, it was really scary. Well, yeah, but it's kind of like that's a good thing. You know? Yeah, like we definitely. loved it. Yeah, it was definitely one of my favorite gigs we played. We had a lot of like, um, I think the sound went a bit funny, didn't it as well? Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. The first half was like a bit funny, and then yeah, it kind of all went okay. But yeah, it was it was a really, it was a really fun gig. But yeah, it was, it's the thing like people said they wouldn't have uh, they probably wouldn't have like mm. actually come and see us, but because we were first on, they wanted to see what it was about, and they were glad that they did. So that yeah, was nice. but ev- everyone I've talked to like who has seen you and is is aware of you raves about you like. 
when I um, when I told Liz at the Moon Club that you guys were playing, that she was really really happy about it. Oh. I was like, I was like, I think I said to her, oh, "Have you booked parks yet?" And she's like, "No, but do it." Like that's really nice. <laughs> yeah, but it's like I think and like um and uh, Bill as well, who uh, was the guy who was hosting your stage at Hub last mm-hmm. year, and yeah. then um you know like obviously John Rostron likes you guys, and um and Connor likes you guys, and mm. yeah, just like it's great. I just remembered um that that gig in particular. I don't know, I, I can't, I don't know which one of your friends it was, but basically there's a guy sat in front of me on the phone during your first song, and I had a massive go at him about it. Was it Jay? Was that in, where was that? It was Four Bars. It's basically like one of the last shows of Four Bars. <laughs> yeah, it was Jake. Mm, it was yeah. Jake, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I think he did have a good reason to be on the phone. But he could have stepped out of the room. I know. Let's, let's yeah. not bad mouth Jake. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jake, Jake is a... I'm over it now. No, yeah. it, was just, it was just one of those funny things. It was like, it was a bit of a strange night. I think that was the one where someone came in, they were like, uh, oh, when's the when's the band on? And they were like, oh, nine o'clock. And they were like, oh, I thought they'd be on at seven. It's like, really haven't been to a show before. Yeah. <laughs> that was really, uh, that was a cool gig though. And like having Ellie, because I've done an interview with Ellie, um, yeah, and then halfway it was really yeah, it was quite yeah. a nice chilled out gig that was a that fun was really gig fun. Yeah, yeah, I, would, I really but, liked that gig and fortunately it was on the same night as about five other gigs as well yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah. yeah I remember that I remember we played we played Goody Who once when Beyonce was playing in Cardiff and like obviously like there was hardly anyone there yeah. <laughs> I, I remember doing a show in four bars and Rihanna was playing in the Millennium Stadium which is like literally right next to it and it was like so weird yeah that is strange I mean, it's interesting kind of thinking about those kind of shows that you would you would play and you would get booked for. And like you say, you kind of put up against bands that aren't really similar to you. Mm. At the same time, I think, you know, that's quite a good kind of jump in at the deep end. Because yeah, it's never can... it's never like a, a problem, is it? Like we never turn up and we're like, oh, what are we going to do? Like mm. It's just like a... Okay. Well, so, sometimes it feels like a little... Yeah. You feel like it's not going to be well received. Yeah, it, that's the thing. Like we, You obviously feel like, Ugh, but then you kind of just think, well... But that's what I think we're lucky because yeah. Ellie sings. I don't think if it was like a singer, then we'd kind of be a bit screwed. Obviously, mm. it would be something else there, but... Mm. I think you come across in a, in a more recognisable form by having a singer and a guitarist mm. to a kind of yeah, like definitely. crowd. Right? If, if, it, if it was literally three people playing on laptops, yeah, yeah. then it'd be yeah. very difficult to kind of Craft yeah. bring across. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I've seen plenty of acts where I've gone, this sounds amazing, but it looks awful yeah, yeah. Yeah. and it I, but at least you can kind of engage then mm. if you've got a singer and you've got someone playing guitar i mean i again i mentioned tetrahex because it's just like another electronic artist i know and he's when he played um at ox jam he was on the floor doing all of it mm. and he doesn't necessarily have to do that but it was more engaging that yeah, way. yeah, yeah. yeah. it's I definitely think, more fun to watch yeah, yeah and it's like you know for for certain people you don't have to have anything visual mm. unfortunately we live in a time where well we don't not even a time like i think it stands to reason that throughout all of music the more engaging visually yeah. music is live then the more people are going to be into definitely, it definitely yeah and that's why certain artists don't ever play live because it's so difficult to do that yeah but i think you guys are good enough live to not have to worry about that oh, i think it's really you. interesting i think we skipped over the kind of so you met joe and yeah, so you did your solo project. Yeah, so I uh, moved to Newport for uni when I was eighteen. I met you in a nightclub, <laughs> <laughs> as you do, as you do in Newport, and uh, yeah, we just started chatting, and um, we found out because I was doing um, creative sound and music, and Joe was a graduate of that course, okay. so we obviously started talking about that. Yeah, when we started hanging out more, I mean, we got really, really drunk one night, and Joe 
played me this beat and he was like, oh, it'd be really cool if you sang on it. And I was like, yeah, why not? And then, uh, yeah, we made this song, do you remember? And then we put it on SoundCloud and then the next morning we were like, oh God. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, what have we done? Yeah, but then we were listening back and we were like, oh, actually, you know, we could we could make some more like that. That would be that would be quite cool. And then, yeah, that's kind of how it started, really. That's cool. Um, and jo, jo was friends with Billy um, and I had started... Um, doing some music with Billy as well, like, separately. And mm-hmm. then we were kind of like, oh, well... Because it was just... The first EP was just me and Joe. We needed, oh, okay. Yeah, we needed, like, some guitar on it. So we asked Billy to just set, like, record stuff, send it to us. So we just edited it on. And then we were like, well, why not have him in the band? Because mm. didn't really make sense not to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because his guitar really does add something to it. Like, definitely. It, it, yeah, definitely, it kind yeah. of... Uh, it's like an extra organic element. Like, yeah. It's kind of like, even though it's... Well, it's in between, isn't it? Because obviously you got the most organic thing, which is the voice. Yeah. And you kind of got an in between, and then you got I think it just stuff. it just fits so well on it, and the things he writes are like he just knows exactly where to put things, you know. So it's yeah, like when you listen to it, you're like, oh, like you wouldn't have thought of it, yeah. yeah, yeah and it's, exactly. it's yeah. it just kind of fits in really, really easy, and he's really he's really good at doing that. Good understanding of like using space, whereas I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then we yeah after the first EP, we were just like yeah. Billy will join and then okay that's... so so with the second EP do you would was it kind of Joe would start out with a track and then you'd add to yeah, it yeah so or? like our kind of writing process because obviously we me and Joe live together so mm. um well more of late is usually I'll come home from work or like I'll come home from like being out or something or like you'll come home and then he'll be like oh I've made this beat today and we'll listen to it and then he'll be like can you like put a melody down and then I'll think of a melody and then I'll be like oh well I'll write some lyrics quick and then we kind of do like a rough demo, send it to Billy, see what he thinks. Then he'll kind of put a bit of guitar on and send it back to us because mm. he lives in Cardiff. Then it kind of just grows from there then, doesn't it? And then we Billy will come over here and then like we'll have a bit of a mix and a play around and then kind of just grows from there then really. Mm. Yeah, yeah, basically. That's cool. So how does that translate live without getting kind of too specific about it because um well no no, you can I mean get specific about it because I'm sure some people be interested but like um so obviously you kind of it's the guitar and the vocals quite simple but when Mm. it comes to playing stuff live are you playing stuff I'm playing like Vableton I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if you're familiar with it yeah yeah yeah, like samples kind of so they're like loops and things so I'm controlling them and like adding like effects and things Mm mm-hmm but yeah, I started like trying to play keyboard with it as well because originally we wanted to play bass with it, but it wasn't really working because it was too hard to like jump between bass and definitely. That. I think yeah. I think you know trying to do two things at once like that yeah. is a bit overbearing. And, and then I was going to try and learn to um, play the loops and like the beats and stuff, but yeah. I'm I'm have no coordination whatsoever, and I struggle with even just trying to sing in time. I mean, most yeah, of the time. Yeah, but it, it's good to focus on one thing. Exactly. Yeah. Of, like, yeah. Trying to balance two no, things. No, definitely, definitely. Um, so I think that I mean it, it works quite well because it's especially if you're trying to do stuff live instead of just playing a track and just kind of standing there and pretending. It's mm. like if you're doing stuff live and then you can change each each time. You yeah, do yeah. It's more engaging. We had proof that we were doing that yesterday. We messed up. Oh yeah, that was awful. <laughs> I forgot to press a button, so the song just stopped, and I was like, oh, we got oh. to the chorus. Oh, really? Yeah, the song just stopped, oh, wow. and then like. So there's like there's no fail safe. Yeah, yeah no, it's it's not, that's like, it. Yeah. That's like wow. cause, yeah. Well, that's that's even more impressive. Though, like, <laughs> you have to. Stay oh, it's quite on funny it. though. Yeah. I was just like, there was like an awkward three second gap where you can just like because our friend Nick filmed it mm-hmm. and you can just hear Joe we're like oh no and then like it just it just comes back on and then you're like okay don't worry at least you did that how many people do you reckon were there watching uh, they weren't, they that, weren't it wasn't that busy man, last no. night no it was probably about 10 Pretty people quiet, like, yeah, yeah, yeah and I don't 
Don't well, worry. There was only one person, well, no, two people we knew there. So On Friday night, I was playing a backing track for um, Lucy Jones, who did Eurovision this year. Yeah. She was at, we were at this thing, the Colour Business Awards, and um, the backing track stopped after 20 seconds. Uh, and it was horrible. Uh, <laughs> it was just like the, the software messed up, and I was like, uh, uh, That's the like, thing, man. You yeah. get like... You can't rely on technology. Yeah, that's, that's what's like... horrible. Because, like, obviously our set is, like, based around it. So yeah. it's like if your laptop just suddenly goes, ooh, I'm just yeah. not going to work now. Like, you you screwed. Yeah, there's been times as well when I've got samples and, like, um, the USB wire might be a bit messed. So it, it'll, like, it'd be in there but and it'd be, like, it looks like it's recognising and it's not. And it'll just, like, completely mess up. But, yeah, but that time, technology. Like, that time we played at Le Pug and we were our set started like twenty minutes late, ten minutes late. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, something happened. I don't know what it was. I think it was something to do with the interface. I can't really remember, but we were all really drunk as well, weren't we? Which made it a <laughs> bit worse. Help. Yeah. No, yeah. it really Probably made it worse. Yeah, obvious. Like, like, like trying um, to like just slam your fingers on the keyboard, kind of like what the what the hell's yeah. going on? Yeah. But Matt, um, who was doing sound, he was like looking at us like I don't know what's going on, yeah. and we were like. I don't know what's going on. Oh, so God. we were just like unplugging everything yeah. and plugging Blame it back in. Other. Yeah, and going, what have you done? What have oh, you done? No. In those situations, it's like, oh, what do you do? Yeah, it's like... but it, it's worse because you're, you're stood on stage and you're ready to go. Yeah. And then obviously everyone's like quiet. They're yeah. looking at you. And then we just had to go, um, something's gone wrong. <laughs> uh, like, if you can just yeah. hold tight for like five. <laughs> One of my friends' bands, well, I've, I was, became friends with them because uh, I helped put them on in Cardiff. There's a band called Vessels from Leeds. Mm. And um, they kind of moved from kind of post-rock guitar stuff, very, very electronica. Mm. And so they run all their stuff through Ableton and they explained it to me and I was just like, blew my mind. They literally run everything through Ableton. And it's like terrifying because if that messes up, yeah, yeah, it's gone. Yeah. But it's like they have a backup laptop because they're at that kind of level. Yeah, they can yeah. do that. But yeah. even then, it's just like you'd never ever want to switch to a backup laptop. No, no, yeah. really. no, no. Like that's that's terrifying. And I think you know, it's kind of you know, a lot of people talk about having like non-electronic artists and talk about oh, electronica is kind of like a safety net because mm. you, oh, it's like you press play and like yeah, because there are some artists that do press press play and it's fine and they got yeah. backtracks. But when you're doing something like that and the technology fails. You don't have a safety net, whereas where the, when you're a band, mm. you you've got organic instruments. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. don't. You, you know, if your jack lead breaks, you can get a new one or something yeah, like that. Yeah. But that's the kind of that's the limit to it. And it's like electronic music isn't as simple as people think it is. No, it's not. It's definitely enough. not. No, especially when you're doing it live. Like, yeah, yeah, I think like you've you've had somebody say something before to you about it when you when somebody was like saying about electronic music they were like oh all you have to do is press play <laughs> and you were just like oh, oh i remember that yeah i was just like yeah whatever yeah. It's, it's you know it's if you don't understand something you you t- instantly go mm. oh, it's rubbish, and i like. think like a lot of people prob- like don't realize that like all of the things that they hear like and what maybe they assume is a backing track mm-hmm. are things that like Joe is like recorded in. So like the all the bass lines, like they're not like samples or anything. No, exactly, it's like yeah. all of the synths and stuff, they're all like recorded in and yeah, but I think a lot of people do just kind of assume that you've maybe just gone on loops and like made some loops and stuff. Yeah. Or, like You know, there is music out there that is kind of cookie cutter like that, that they just like borrowed synths from other mm. songs and stuff. But when you do hear electronic music you can kind of differentiate between those two things it's like that's organically done yeah and i think that's what comes across quite well in your music is the fact that it's really organic and Mm. even though you've got these hip-hop beats it's like you still got that kind of layering over the top of it that's kind of does show that it's Mm. you know more natural than most you know edm in a sense and it's like i think that's really kind of more engaging and 
it's a shame that like there's that this unfortunately the scene in Cardiff or in South Wales or in Wales in general doesn't allow for that I yeah. think that really needs to be you know something we need to work on mm. collectively yeah and, uh, and appreciate so um but yeah thank you for kind of having a chat with me I've got two last questions um mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll ask each of you the same thing um <clears throat> what's the kind of record you've been really or song or track or whatever that you've been really into recently go on I know what you're gonna say <laughs> Anderson Pack, um Malibu I've been literally obsessed with it, like to the point where I probably listen to it at least once every day. And even even I'm getting sick of myself putting it on, but I just I put it on and as soon as it's on, I'm like, oh, it's just it's Brilliant. perfect. Yeah, I love it. great. And to be honest, that's the quickest answer anyone's ever given that that question because everyone takes ages to respond to that. And I'm so glad you said it so quickly. Well, mine is exactly the same. Yeah, way. we've been like obsessed with it. Cool. I'm trying. To, what else have I been listening to? Um, oh, I found yeah, I found my old. Um, I tweeted it the other day. I found my old iPod um, when I was um, going on the train to Pembrokeshire because I had a three-hour train journey. Mm. And the Cribs album, uh, Men's Needs. Oh. Oh, I just, Men's I forgot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that is, that's a brilliant. And, and Be Safe. What's oh, it's, it's such a banger. So good. I like, just, I just forgot about it. We're talking of sad songs. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's such a depressing song, but it's so good. It's just, yeah, I completely forgot about it. And I was just, I scrolled past it and I was like, oh, I'll put that on. And like every single song that came mm. on, I was just going, oh, and so I just good. forgot. I it's know like, why. I think the Cribs got like, get quite dismissed as that kind of like laddie kind of thing from yeah. the North. And they're not they're at all. They're not at all. They're not at all. They had the like, the slits open for them and like yeah. I was confused. it's like they're brilliant they're, they're so, so cool. good and like unfortunately they kind of get associated with lad culture a little mm. bit it's like such crap it's I like, know. They're, just, they're, they're so good they're uh, really good yeah and so the other the other question I ask is kind of finishing off is um is also a really difficult question people don't know how to answer is uh, but some people do some people don't what's your favorite record of all time oh god that is really hard yeah. <laughs> um I'm, I'm not sure it's my favorite of all time but like it's what Show me the like electronic music could be like amazing with DJ Shadows introducing. Yeah, like that had a massive, massive influence on me. Mm-hmm. All time. I mean, that's that's a good answer. Yeah, you can't mm. think of anything else. It's and like... anything but the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's interesting to hear that kind of like that you're influenced by the Beatles because it's kind of. I, mean, he, I every day like yeah. every day he listens to the Beatles and like I love the Beatles but it does it drives me insane sometimes. <laughs> I mean, you, you could listen to a previous episode of the, the podcast and hear my opinion on the Beatles, but I'm not going to get into it. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what my favourite one is. What would you say? For yours? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like there isn't one of all time, but there's like, I have like favourite records for like certain times of my life, if you know what I mean. That's, so it's like... That's a, that's a good and interesting answer. If yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like one of the first ones would be Damien Rice O. Mm-hmm. Then I'd probably go on to Bon Iver f- Forever. And then there's, there's also Brand New in there as well, but that was my angsty phase, but I, st- I still I fucking love yeah. Brand New Of course, so you much. always got to have an angsty yeah, phase. Yeah, like you? Brand New was just incredible. It's like, I, still, I still go back to listen to like um, Incubus. Oh, still yeah. Because like Incubus was very teenager for me. I still into Incubus. Not so much System of a Down. Oh, I used to have a System of a Down <laughs> oh, hoodie. I used to love System of a Down. And now I go back and listen to them and I go... This is awful. Yeah. Whoa, they do. <laughs> this is so bad. Like all of my favorite songs are like these are terrible songs. <laughs> They're so awful. And like people kill me for that. But it's like it's music for teenagers. It's not. It's not. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, I think there's one system of down song I still think is all right, and that's because it's got the apex, uh, not the apex, the drum break down there. Everyone uses Apache. Mm-hmm. No, not Apache. No, it's the Amen break. That's it. Oh. It uses the Amen break in it, which is mad because it's a metal song, and it's like it's really interesting. It's called Soil. I'm, uh, I'll play it for you afterwards. That's <laughs> really strange. Yeah, yeah, it's really odd. It's like dun, 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 dun. yeah, yeah. It's, I'll, I'll but it's like it's such a weird thing to find in a metal song, and I like I warmed to it immediately, and obviously it's because I heard it elsewhere, and I was like, yeah. yeah. So it's I think it's like literally the only sound song I can listen to. Go, yeah, this is kind of all right. That's good. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think there's too many. In my I head. think you gave good answers. It's like yeah. I think um, Maddie Jones uh, said to me that it's a very she thinks it's a very male thing to know what your favorite things are and when mm. it, like you kind of like rank things i'm very i'm very big into ranking things like i could reel off like my top five, five favorite films favorite albums favorite. i would like to disagree with that <laughs> well, you, I mean, you can't do I mean, it sure, yeah. like, <laughs> may, maybe it's like i don't know a lot of a lot of ranking things it's mm. like you know it depends on personal preference and yeah. it's kind of um but i'm very into that i'm very into like statistical analysis yeah of, like, i just i don't ever think about stuff like that at all so yeah it always it's yeah. like i find it hard when people say like who your influence is and i'm like oh god i don't know like i have to think about it for a minute it's a question i didn't ask yeah. but, um, <laughs> i mean it's it's apparent when you kind of talk about what what kind of music you listen to growing up and kind of what you listen to now and it's mm. yeah it's interesting i think i really need to get into anderson pack you oh, do. mate! Seriously, that album is like—it's incredible. It's I know. so cool. because I heard about him before because he worked with this guy called Watsky, who I quite like. And he did a song with him um, a couple of times, and then he got—I think he got a bit bigger than Watsky, which was interesting. Um, but yeah, kind of. He's, uh, yeah. He keeps appearing on everything. Like Joe's sister came to stay with us the other day, and she showed us some. Can't remember who it was oh, now. Yeah. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, right. she showed us a song, and she was like, oh, "I really love this song." And then like this guy started singing in it, and I was like. That's Anderson Pack. <laughs> I, I just remember one more album. Oh, it's cool. Ego Death by the Internet. Did oh, yeah. Internet? I know of the Internet. Yeah. Oh, Ego I mean. Death, that album, like, it's <sighs> so cool. I feel like that album kind of, like, influenced, like, what our newer stuff sounds yeah, like. Yeah, definitely. 100%, because like, oh. we, we were all so in love with it. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm... I'm really looking forward to hearing your newer stuff because, like, oh, we can show you a, oh, a singer. Amazing. <laughs> Wicked! I'd be do- totally into that. It'd be like really cool. <laughs> cool. But yeah, thanks for kind of having a chat with me. No and, problem. And, thanks for yeah. coming. And thank you for feeding me. It's very no, problem. Me. no problem. No <laughs> Anytime. Um, and obviously, uh, Billy isn't here, so he couldn't contribute his his words. Fuck you, Billy. But, uh, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, at some point, we'll um we'll try and sort out a session before this comes out. But if not, it's like I'm sure. But people can come see your hub, so definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely do that. It's on the twenty seventh of August, not the twenty eighth, the twenty seventh, Sunday, twenty seventh of August. So definitely come to that. Cool. Cheers, guys. Thank, Thank you. you very much. You can catch Parks this weekend, actually, at Buffalo Bar in a kind of acoustic form, part of the Otter Wales series uh, summer sessions. Uh, that's just two pounds, and it's Sunday afternoon. I'll be there, so <laughs> I'll see you there. Um, and then they're playing for me at Hub Festival this August on the 27th Sunday, and that'll be in Tiny Rebel in Cardiff. So yeah, I'm really excited to have them play a show for me again after Ox Jam, especially because I couldn't see them at Ox Jam. So yeah, um, check that out. Again, I said I'll keep this brief. I've got to get off and pick up some lights <laughs> for this show. Yeah, if you do manage to catch this before tomorrow, Thursday, the 27th of July, then come down to Kutaisi Community Centre. It's a fiver on door. Come see what 
I think will be one of the best concerts I've ever been a part of. You know, underselling it. Nope. Next week's podcast is with Jack Barnett. Jack uh, came over to my flat and recorded a interview and then a song for me. So that'll be out next Wednesday, the, well, it'll be August. Um, so I can't do the maths, but it'll be next Wednesday. <laughs> and yeah, thanks for listening to the podcast and I'll see you next week. 